Most of the decisions that we make have very little consequences tied to them. We talked about that last week. But occasionally we're faced with a big decision. When you're facing a big decision, you feel the pressure to make the right decision, don't you? Because you understand all that is at stake. And so... Or who should I marry? Or should we buy this house? Or should I take that job? Or should I retire? Or should I expand my business? There are times when we're faced with big decisions and we have to think about during those times, what is God's will in this? And rightly so. It's it's very good that we'd even consider what is God's will in this because we recognize we can't look around the corner. We recognize we can't see over the horizon. We recognize that our knowledge and insight is limited. And yet, we have to make a decision sometimes. And those decisions, if it's a big decision, may have long-term consequences. And some might even be life-altering decisions. And we're haunted with the thought, what if I make the wrong decision? I don't know if you remember going to Six Flags or one of those kind of places. Maybe when you, were, when you had little kids or maybe you've taken your grandkids to one of these places. And they have one of these children's rides at these old-timey cars. And, and they've got a steering wheel, and, and, but the steering wheel really doesn't do anything. They've got a little bit of a gas pedal, but it doesn't go very fast. And the car's kind of on the rail. And little kids there just turning that steering wheel. They think they're really doing something big, but, but they're really not. There's an accelerator and maybe a brake, but, but that's about all the, the control that they have. Uh, sometimes I think it'd be nice, nice if life was that easy. It'd be nice if it was all determined and laid out and we just had to get in and hang on. But the truth of the matter is, a lot is in our hands. And that can be the scary part. We can do our best to try to understand God's decision, God's will in a matter, but the, the real question is, what if we miss it? What if we think God has told us to do something, but in reality, it was never God speaking? Have you ever thought that, or am I just the only one? What, what if? You're thinking God's told you to do this, but in reality, you're also wondering, maybe that was just me and God never said a word. So really what we're talking about is this. What if there are two, two plans here? One we would call plan A, and the other, the other we would call plan B. And we're trying to decide between what is God's will in this? Is God's will for me to do plan A, or is God's will plan B? And we work, and we pray, and we talk to people, and we read our Bible, and and we ask people to pray for us, and we have to make a decision. See, some of the, the problems with decisions is that they have a deadline. It's not an in, you don't have an indefinite amount of time, and well, just whenever you can get around to deciding. You've got to decide by Monday, or you've got to decide by the end of the week, or you've got to decide by next month. Is it going to be plan A, or is it going to be plan B? Now, here's the deal. What if God's will is actually plan A, but I mistakenly choose plan B. Am I stuck with plan B for the rest of my life? So tonight, the title of the study is very simple. What if I make the wrong decision? What if I'm faced with a decision and I make 
the wrong decision? What if God really wanted me to do this? And I tried to pray and I tried to talk to people and I tried to make the right decision, but I decided to do this. Well, let me begin by taking the pressure off a little bit with two statements. Here's the two statements that are kind of pressure relief valve, if you will, for a moment. First of all, number one, we have all probably missed God's plan A at some time in our life. I know I have. I think probably, if you think about it, there have been times in your life when you're trying to decide between plan A or plan B, and you chose the wrong one. And I think most of us, maybe all of us, at some time in our lives, have all missed God's plan A. Many people in the Bible did that, didn't they? They misunderstood God, or they misheard God, or they chose to ignore God, and they chose a different plan. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes we misunderstand. Sometimes we're determined to do what we want. Or sometimes we act in haste, and we just choose the wrong thing. Now, let me be clear to say, you should always, I underline always, you should always try to know and do God's will. I want to say that one more time. You should always try to know and do God's will. But, you will not always make the right choice, will you? And that's scary. Because there are consequences to the choices that we make. That's the first statement. The first statement is, we've all probably messed up. We've all probably had times when we chose the wrong thing. Now here's the second statement that kind of relieves the pressure a little bit. God always fulfills His purpose in our lives. Put those two statements together. We don't always choose the right thing, but God always fulfills His purpose in our lives. Let me show you a couple of scriptures. Take your Bibles. Go with me to Psalm 138. Psalm 138, Psalm 138, look at verse 8, the Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. In my study Bible, not, not my preaching Bible, but in my study Bible, I noticed today when I was looking at it again that that verse is highlighted and underlined in red. When I've got something in my study Bible that's highlighted and underlined in red, that's, a, that's for my benefit to call my attention to. That's my way of saying this is really, really important. And here's what the Word says. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. In other words, the Lord has a purpose. The Lord has a purpose. And the Lord's going to accomplish His purpose. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. He's got a purpose for my life. And He's going to accomplish His purpose. Now, another verse, you might want to write this in the column of your Bible there. Besides Psalm 138, another reference is Psalm 57. Psalm 57. Verse 2. Psalm 57, verse 2. I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills His purpose for me. God has a purpose. God fulfills His purpose. Now, let me give you one more scripture. This is not in, in Psalms, but actually in the New Testament. Run over to the New Testament, to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Philippians, chapter 2. 
Philippians chapter 2 and look for verse 13. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good what? Purpose. For it's God who works in you. He works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Now, that could bring up a lot of questions and maybe even some debate, and that's not my purpose tonight. But I, I do want to ask a very simple but yet powerful question. Can we resist and reject the will of God? I believe the answer is yes, we can. We certainly can. We can look at this and say, I know God wants me to do this, but I'm going to do this instead. We can intentionally reject the will of God. We can say, no, I'm not going to do this. I, de I deliberately choose to do this. Certainly, we can do that. One example, there's lots of examples in the Bible, of course, but one example, uh, we won't turn there, but let me just tell you the story. The story of Cain, Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, God said to Cain, Cain, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. That was God's plan A. Sin is crouching at your door, but you must master it. And of course, Cain ignored and rejected that advice, and he killed his brother Abel. So yes, we can ignore and reject God's plan, certainly. But that's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about those times when you want to do God's will, but you're just not sure what it is. You're wanting to make the right decision. You desire to honor the Lord. You desire to make the right decision, but you're just not sure how to go about doing that. So I'm talking about, does God want you to do plan A or plan B? And you're wanting to make the right choice, but the question is, what if I make the wrong choice? So, here's one underlying truth I want you to write down. Some of you are taking notes, and I want you to write this down. Then I'm going to illustrate it for you. The one unchanging truth that you need to get tonight, the one unchanging truth that will help you as you're trying to make decisions, is this one. I'm going to say it a couple of times because it's kind of long, and I want you to write it down. God's sovereignty is stretched out underneath our every decision circumstance, and even our mistakes. Let me say that again. God's sovereignty is stretched out underneath our every decision, circumstance, and even our mistakes. God's sovereignty is stretched out. God's sovereignty is stretched out underneath our every decision, circumstance, and even our mistakes. Or to say it another way, God is our safety net. God's sovereignty is our safety net. Now what do we mean when we say God is sovereign? This is very important. I hope that you'll focus on this. What do we mean when we talk about God's sovereignty is our safety net? In general terms, the sovereignty of God refers to His rule over creation, that God is in control of everything. 
Again, we could get into a big debate here, and I understand that I'm about to get into some muddy water where you can say, well, what about this and what about that? And, but my, my purpose tonight is, tr- is not to try to answer every question nor to debate you. My purpose tonight is to help you understand, in general terms, the sovereignty of God and how it relates to the decisions you make in your life. In general terms, the sovereignty of God refers to His rule over creation, that God is in control of everything. He is sovereign over creation. Would you agree with that? Would you agree? Just talk to me. Would you agree God's sovereign over creation? Would you agree that He's sovereign over every person? Would you agree that He's sovereign over every power? Would you agree that He is sovereign over every believer? Would you agree that God doesn't answer to us, we answer to Him? Uh, Here's what we mean by God's sovereignty. God is in charge over everything. And His sovereignty is ultimate, and it is complete. You think, think it through, we want God to be like that, don't we? I, I want a God who's powerful. I want a God who's in control. If God wasn't in control, He wouldn't or couldn't be God. If one person, if one power was more powerful than God, he wouldn't be God Almighty. So I realize that this is a hard thing to kind of rationalize sometimes, and and it can bring up great debate. But I just want you to also realize that because God is sovereign, because that there is nothing greater than God, that's what really I'm talking about here, there is nothing greater than God. He's greater than everything in the world. There is no power greater than His power. There is no knowledge greater than His knowledge. There is no person greater than Him. God is sovereign and He is great over everything. Right? Now, if that's true, I just want you to realize, because God is sovereign, He has the power and the ability to handle our mistakes. Remember Psalm 138, verse 8? He will fulfill His purpose. He will fulfill His purpose. It doesn't say you have to fulfill His purpose. Let's go back to that scripture real quickly. Psalm 138, I think it was verse 8. Am I giving you the right reference? Yeah. Yeah. The Lord, Psalm 138, verse 8. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. You've got to understand that perspective. It's the Lord that's going to fulfill His purpose for me. The Lord who is sovereign. The Lord who knows everything. The Lord who can do anything. The Lord's going to fulfill His purpose for me. And because God is sovereign, He has the power, He has the ability to handle our mistakes. Now, here's what I want you to do. I I want you to go with me to the New Testament. I want to give you two scriptures that I want you to kind of link together in the New Testament. The first one is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 13 through 16, if you're taking notes. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 13 through 16. Let's walk our way through this text. 
1 Timothy 6.13 says, In the sight of God, who gives life to... What's the next thing? Next word. He gives life to, to everything. Now, don't miss this. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Which God will bring about in his own time. God, watch how he describes God. God, the blessed and only ruler. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. Who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or can see to him be honor and might forever amen you know what that you know what that scripture is saying god's sovereign god's in charge god is the king of kings and the lord of lords and there is no one greater than him and there is no thing greater than him so pastor keith what if i'm trying to discern god's will for my life who i should marry or if i should buy this house or if i should take this job or 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 if i should expand my business or if i should retire and i'm trying to decide yes or no and i'm trying to decide what does god want me to do and what if i mess up you might make the wrong choice but if you serve the lord god He sovereignly can take even your mistakes and use them for your good and for His glory. Let me give you another scripture. The reason I say that. Let me show you the reason I say that. Go over to the left and find the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. You know the scripture, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, if you mark your Bibles, could I ask you to circle? I sometimes ask you to underline, but but could I ask you to circle this phrase, all things? And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And we, look up here, and we know that in all things, you're trying to decide yes or no. You're trying to decide His will or my will. You're trying to decide which way should I go. You're trying to decide a big decision that has big consequences. And the Bible says, in all things, God works together for good and for His glory. All things means in all times, in all trials, In all situations, times when you do God's will and times when you miss God's will. In all things. Would you agree that nothing takes God by surprise? Would you agree with me that nothing can stop God? Would you agree with that? That nothing can stop God? In all things. Now, yes, we want to make the right decision. Yes, we ought to prayerfully make the decision. Yes, we we ought to ask others to pray with us in making decisions. Yes, we should say, God, what is your will? Yes, we should seek his face and seek his will. Absolutely. 
I'm going to tell you something. You can try as best you can sometimes to make a big decision, and every once in a while, you might miss it. But let me show you something about God. Would you go with me to the Psalms, not Psalm, to Job? To Job, the book right before Psalms, Job 42. Job 42. Job 42, verse 2. I know. Well, let's start in verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. There's that phrase again. All things. I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Isn't that interesting? Job says, God, I recognize you. There's nothing you can't do. If there was something you couldn't do, then you wouldn't be God. I recognize there's nothing you can't do. I recognize you can do all things. And because you can do all things, look up here. Because you are sovereign, no plan of yours can be thwarted. Could I say to you, God's not kind of sovereign? God is sovereign. He's not sovereign on some days. He is sovereign every day. He's not sovereign over some people. He's sovereign over all people. So in terms of decisions that you face, God's sovereignty means that He can take our mess-ups, He can take our mistakes, and still accomplish His good plan for our lives. I just have to confess to you, there, there was a time in my life when I really was kind of torn up between plan A or plan B. And, and, and the weight of, what if I make the wrong decision? The turmoil of what if I make the wrong decision? The sleepless nights about what if I make the wrong decision? Maybe you know what that's like. What if I choose the wrong job? God can still work it for His good and for, uh, for your good and for His glory. What if I mistake a random circumstance for His leading? God can still work it for your good and for His glory. What if? What if I mistakenly? Go to the wrong school. I mistakenly sell my business. I mistakenly retire. What, what, what if? What if? What if? What if? Look up here for a minute. Your life is in the hands of a sovereign God. And He will accomplish His purpose in your life. Sometimes that means He takes our mess ups. Sometimes that means He takes our mistakes. But He's still going to accomplish His purpose for our lives. God can work in spite of your circumstances, in spite of your mistakes, in spite of your bad decisions. And I got a great story to prove it to you. Y'all ever heard the story of Jonah? Have you heard the story recently that this week of the lobster diver off Cape Cod that was swallowed by a whale? Have you heard that story? I'm not making this up. Did you know that there was a lobster diver off Cape Cod this week that was swallowed by a whale and later spit out? Did you know that? Have you all heard that story? Look it up. I'm not lying to you. This, this actually happened. This week, there was a lobster diver and a, a big whale came and swallowed him and then later spit him out. You ever heard that before? I can tell you what, it, when, when, the, when, when all the preachers started reading that story, every preacher in America started planning a sermon series on Jonah. 
Because that's the best illustration you can have right there. Think about Jonah for a moment. In the story of Jonah, God clearly had a plan A. I want you to go to Nineveh. And I want you to preach to the people of Nineveh. And I want you to tell them to repent. And Jonah didn't even have to pray about it. Jonah said, no. I'm going in the opposite direction of Nineveh. And he thought he was so smart and so wise. And he got on a boat and he started going away from Nineveh. His plan B. Jonah was convinced he knew more than God did. Jonah was convinced his plan B was better than God's plan A. And so he got on a ship and he started heading away from Nineveh. And you know the story of the storm and he was thrown overboard and he was swallowed by a whale. And liberal scholars said that's not possible for a man to be swallowed by a whale and survive. Just look it up this week. He was swallowed by a whale. And watch this. In the belly of the whale... Jonah, now this is not in the text, I'm just adding, I'm not adding to scripture, I'm adding my imagination to how it all came about. In the belly of the whale, Jonah apparently said, God's plan A sounds a lot better now than I thought it did. And so when the whale spit him out, Jonah didn't say, I'm still going to do plan B. When the whale spit him out, Jonah said, I am headed to Nineveh, because I really like God's plan A. Now watch this, watch this. God's sovereignty. God still accomplished His purpose, did He not? The preacher went to Nineveh and the people repented. God still accomplished His purpose. And He used a disobedient man and a a whale that didn't know all that He was eating. But he sovereignly accomplished his purpose. Even if it took riding in the belly of a whale to get his plan across. Now, I want to end with two statements. This won't take long. Just two quick statements. The benefits of God's sovereignty. The benefits of knowing that I have a safety net under me called God's sovereignty. Let me give you the benefits of how this works in your life and mine. First of all, God's sovereignty offers me peace from the past. We don't have to be paralyzed by the if-onlys of life. If only I had made a better decision. If only I had chosen this instead of this. If only I hadn't done so and so. If only I had taken that job. If only I hadn't married him. If only I hadn't done that. If only. Chuck Swindoll said this about the life of David. A man who made his share of wrong choices. Remember David? man after God's own heart. He made his share of wrong choices. He, he saw God's plan A, but sometimes chose plan B instead. And this is what Chuck Swindoll said about the life of David. He, and I quote, he said, When a a man or woman of God fails, nothing of God fails. When a man or woman changes, nothing of God changes. When someone dies, nothing of God dies. When our lives are altered by the unexpected, nothing of God is altered or unexpected. God's sovereignty offers me peace 
about my past. I don't have to get caught up in the if-onlys because I can trust Him with where I am now. Number two, God's sovereignty offers assurance for the future. When I realize that my God really is in control, that He's not semi in control, that He's not part time in control, but He's sovereign every day in every way, then I can have the confidence that when I have to make the decision, my dad taught me this years ago. He said, Keith, you pray about it, you try to understand, and you have a heart to do the will of God, you make a decision, and then you trust that even if you made the wrong decision, God can still accomplish His purpose. By the way, Dad never went to seminary, but he taught me an awful lot. He didn't go to college, but he taught me an awful lot. I I like what A.W. Tozer said. A.W. Tozer said, If a consecrated Christian will put himself in the hands of God, even the accidents will be turned into blessings. God's sovereignty offers us assurance for the future. Because I know that my decision, right or wrong, my decision, right or wrong, can still be used for my good and for His glory. Would you agree with this? God's plan rarely is a straight shot and a visible goal. Just lean in for a moment. God's plan for our lives rarely is a straight shot and a visible goal. His plan is more like a journey, is it not? It's a journey that has a lot of detours and sometimes confusing turns and sometimes sudden stops. And it's a journey. Remember what God said to Abraham? Follow me and I'll show you. He didn't say, Here, here's the plan and it's a straight shot and a clear view. He just said, you follow me and I'll show you where we're going. But I have found over the years that if our hearts are set to obey Him. Now listen, I, I'm going to close in about 60 seconds. And this probably is the most important thing I can tell you. I have learned, to summarize it all, here's what I've learned over the years. If our hearts are set to obey Him in all that we know to do, if our desire is to be in the center of His will with every step that we take, we can cling to the promise that He will guide our lives. I suppose the reason I like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 so much, the reason I have leaned on it so much, is for this very reason. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will direct your path. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. And He Now, you still have to make decisions. You still have to decide between A and B. You still have to sometimes say, this is what I'm going to do. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Ladies and gentlemen, God has the power and the ability and the desire to direct my steps and direct my life. God is so good and He's so faithful that He even works through my mistakes to accomplish His purpose. See, it really comes down to this. It's not about my plan and it's not even about my purposes. 
It's about His plan and His purpose. And because He is sovereign, I can trust He will accomplish His purpose for my life. Does that make sense? Let me pray over you. God, we know that there are times when we've got to make big decisions. There are times when we have to say yes or no. There are times when we have a deadline and, and we have to decide what we're going to do or where we're going to live or what, where, what we're going to do with our lives. Or uh, we, There's just some big decisions that have lots of consequences. Sometimes the decisions are life-altering. But I pray that our concern, our desire would be to trust in you with all of our heart. That you're sovereign, that you're Lord, that there is nothing greater than you. There is no one greater than you. You are sovereign and Lord. So help us to trust in you with all of our heart. And not to lean on our own understanding, not to try to always figure it out, but just to trust in you as we're going on this journey called life. And in all of our ways, May we acknowledge you in all of our ways. May we put you first in all of our ways. May you be the center of our home, the center of our lives, the center of our careers, the center of our plans. In all of our ways, may we acknowledge you that we are first and foremost yours. We trust that you'll direct our path. And even in those times when we make the mistake and choose the wrong way, you sovereignly will use even that for our good and for your glory. Thank you that you work in us and you work through us to accomplish your purpose. And tonight we rest in that assurance. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Well, amen. Thanks for being here tonight. I hope you'll be with us Wednesday night as we finish out the book of Malachi. God bless you.